Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 1, titled I.O. Alright, we're back here again, starting a new show on this here podcast program. Uh, Of course we're starting it on a day where I have a massive head cold and feel like ass and want to die, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Shit timing, but does not affect my enjoyment of this show, which is very, very high. This is a very good pilot, uh, an amazing show that did not get enough credit, did not get enough attention while it was on, uh, starting off very, very well with a very, very solid pilot, uh, that sets up, that sets up everything I love about the show, so, so freaking well. Uh, before we get into the specifics of this episode on its own, uh, I want to very quickly get out some general praises of the show as a whole. Uh, Performances-wise, like, everyone, everyone in this show is amazing. I love this cast. Uh, Lee Pace, Scoop McNary, Mackenzie Davis, who you're going to hear me say multiple times throughout this particular series... Uh, I have a tiny little crush on <laughs> uh, Toby Huss, Carrie Bishy. Everyone in this show is so freaking good. Everyone in this show is amazing and understated and so freaking powerful every second they're on screen. This is one of the most underrated ensemble casts in all of television history. They did amazing work together. And never got nearly enough credit. Uh, It's visually gorgeous. The direction is great. Uh, It also captures the 80s so perfectly. Uh, Aesthetically speaking, societally speaking, particularly in the tech world. Like, oh my god. You could tell this show was made by people who paid very close attention to the tech world in the 80s, because there's so many little nuances. It gets so many tiny things perfectly 100% right about technology in the 80s, he says, having been born in 1997. Uh, (laughs) So not like I would have any first-hand account of this, but, like, so many little details that could very easily go overlooked, this show captures perfectly. Like, you really feel like you are in that time period. You feel like you got into a time machine and went back into the 80s, rather than just, here's some 2010s people playing dress-up and making making a thing out of the 80s. Uh, This episode does a great job, also, of, like, just perfectly establishing 
every single character so, so brilliantly. Like, right away, you know just the basic knowledge of everyone. Right away, you can, like, read everyone so perfectly. Like, you have Joe McMillan, who's the big salesman visionary who is sort of detached from the operations side of everything. He's the guy with the ideas and sort of ropes everyone in to do his dirty work and is so good at manipulating people. I honestly believe, like, if Holden Catch Fire took off beyond cult status, I honestly believe uh, that Joe McMillan would have been regarded as the next Frank Underwood because he just perfectly embodies that archetype of the master manipulator. Uh, you have Gordon Clark. Hey, a Clark in there. Uh, representing the Clarks everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you have Gordon Clark, who is this, like, washed up hardware engineer. Uh, this guy who at one point was so invigorated, creatively speaking, uh, who was so passionate about what he did, and then he just had the, like, exact shitstorm of wrong circumstances, and now he's sort of washed up and doesn't give a shit, just living, just letting life pass him by, he's a drunk, he's a shitty husband, shitty father, uh, and it's just kinda hit rock bottom. You have Cameron, uh, the rebellious software engineer who is just the most badass person ever. And I love... Like, you just... You understand who each character is immediately. Like, they're so good at giving you this shorthand so you understand this is who this is, this is who this is, this is who this is. And then they just go from there. They don't have to spend, like, 50 years establishing all the characters because they master the basic archetypes so well right off the bat and then they can just they can go they can just go 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 a lesser show would have taken like five episodes to get to the point where they're at now at the end of episode one because they wouldn't have mastered that shorthand and because they would have had to spend so much time slowly establishing everything uh but this show just masters it right out of the gate uh, and I especially love that opening sequence uh, where Joe McMillan's given this lecture, meets Cameron, goes to the arcade with her, where she does like the old quarter on a string trick. <laughs> Which like just, again, right out of the gate, I, I love her so much as a character. She's just badass. Uh, but doing that and then... They're just talking. They're having a good time. Joe's talking about, like, how he's looking for someone like Cameron, looking for someone with her skills. Uh, they they end up doing the sex. And then Joe just says the outrageously stupid thing of, this doesn't mean you'll get the job. And then Cameron at that point just F's off. 
It's like, yep, yeah, no, not doing this. And I love the subversion of the classic trope here. Because usually, they would just say Cameron Fs off because of, like, the scorned lover trope. But not only is Cameron not having that motivation in walking away from Joe here, but she actually mocks that trope. Uh, She makes a sarcastic comment of, You mean we're not in love? (laughs) Like, she doesn't leave because... She feels scorned or anything like that. She leaves because Joe was starting to pander. Joe was starting to talk down to her. And, like, she just doesn't like that. She hates people talking down to her. And she just leaves. Not because of scorned lover or anything. Because she's way more mature than that. But because Joe just treated her like any average bimbo who would be in any way fooled by what Joe was, uh, (laughs) by what Joe was kind of spinning earlier. And it's so, so perfect. Like, right, just immediately, you understand this is who Cameron is. She is not the cliche. She is not the typical cardboard cutout woman that you see in everything ever. Like, she is more rebellious than that. She is more mature than that. And then it goes on, and you see uh, Gordon getting out of the drunk tank, and just at rock bottom, fighting with his wife a bunch, and just, like, being lazy, crapo husband. And then over the course of this episode, as Joe sort of accosts him, sort of lulls him over to the dark side more and more and more with this project, that he is so hyped up about, that he is so eager to get off the ground. Like, you see, as Gordon goes into reverse engineering the IBM, uh, getting into all these legal disputes with uh, Cardiff higher-ups, like, you see him slowly start to become more passionate. You see him slowly start to become less detached. You see him slowly start to become more and more and more and more and more and more enthusiastic. To the point where, at the beginning of the episode, the kid's speaking spell is broken. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. Oh, speaking spell. Whatever. I'm not the company that makes the chip. Whatever. I don't work there. But then eventually, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm fixing the speaking spell. Because he's just reinvigorated. Like, he's just back. Like, Joe snapped him back into his old self. And, like, you see him doing the grind with Joe. Like, translating those thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of code. Reverse engineering from the IBM PC. And, like, he's just... He's into the grind. He's so into the grind that he forgets... To just completely cover up the crime scene (laughs) when his wife comes back, when Donna comes back. By the way, Donna's also an awesome character. Uh, The pilot doesn't really do her justice all that much, but as this show goes on more and more and more, you'll see more of why Donna is also an amazing character. But I just love seeing him go from just detached, couldn't give a shit, to... 
all right, now I'm in. Now I'm invigorated. Now I'm like, I'm back. To the point where, like, he starts an argument with Donna, saying, yeah, I'm definitely not doing this. And ending it saying, when I was building computers, it was the best thing I, I ever did. Like, he sort of changes his own argument in the middle of an argument. And you kind of see this, like, like it's just like little subtle dialogue flares where it's just like you kind of see Gordon, like, doth protesting too much and eventually just going like, you know what? No, that old, that old stuff I did was the best thing ever. And then there's, like, Joe's epic plan for this Cardiff PC. And I love in this episode how he just manipulates the higher-ups at Cardiff so, so perfectly. He comes in and is like, I'm gonna do the, the sales stuff and I'm gonna be real good. And then behind the scenes he's like, I'm gonna do PC building. I'm gonna reverse engineer an IBM PC and make a Cardiff PC out of it. Accosts Gordon. They do all the stuff. And then he's like, yeah, we can make our own thing. And Gordon's like, hey, uh, it, you missed the boat. Like, you totally missed the boat on getting into the big PC game. And, like, no one at Cardiff's gonna let you take this. And then Joe's like, oh, they'll, they'll go if I force their hand. And then how does he force their hand? By calling IBM and telling them, hey, I reverse engineered your thing. Hi, it's, it's, it's Joe, I, or, I... <laughs> I reverse engineered your PC for Cardiff. You need to, you need to like look into Cardiff. Hi, hi, IBM. I reverse engineered your thing. <laughs> it was really, a really a brilliant move, and basically he backed uh, Bosworth and all the other Cardiff people. Bos is also a great character, by the way. Uh, back them all into a corner to the point where, like, their only course of action was to double down and make the PC. <laughs> and, of course, like, Gordon can't directly do the software shit, so then they hire Cameron. And so now it's Joe McMillan, Gordon Clark, and Cameron Howe, uh, the big Trinity dream team. They're at Cardiff. They're going to make their this PC and they're also dealing with IBM legal shit. And I love the ending where they're like, hey, IBM's here and we're you're going to have to, like, talk to IBM a bunch. So they back off. And they're, like, satisfied we didn't just steal their shit. And you just get this one shot of, like, 50 IBM people. Like, this massive, massive legal team just strolling in like, do-do-do-do-do, you are screwed. And the last line from Gordon is like, hey, uh, what are you trying to prove here? <laughs> and we don't know exactly what uh, Joe is up to at this point, but uh, it's big, suffice it to say. It is pretty, pretty, pretty big. Uh, and then the episode ends there.
and we have another 39 glorious episodes to talk about to see where the hell this goes. I'm really excited to dive deep into the finer points of this show, because I've always thought it's like the most underrated, overlooked, uh, stealth, brilliant anything ever. Uh, so I, I'm so excited to just dive into all of that. Now, let's see if I can remember the outro. Because <laughs> not only have I not given this outro in like a week, but also I have sick brain. So let's see how flawlessly I can do this. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever other podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a press of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 2. Talk to you then.